Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. This always happens to us. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 415, the 151st in Marvel TV history and chronology here uh entitled self-control is brought to you by lmd mary's fantastic geeks most valuable asset outside of the framework pete before we jump in the big news out of uh, marvel tv this week in addition to just the amazing awesomeness of this episode uh, was of course the casting of awand rion in uh, in in humans, which of course will be hitting first IMAX theaters for, with the the first two episodes packaged as one IMAX movie, and then the uh, the uh, eight episode thing happening on ABC. Definitely time to ponder the role in humans might play in the future of Agents of Shield, or not. But Pete, that is a ponderification and a a, a bit of hope and dream and and worry for the future. We have other things to worry about, better things, nearer things, funner things on the horizon. Yes, uh, with the LMD pod of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. having concluded last night, we have ourselves a little bit of a break. It is until uh, April 4th that we will not see a new episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Air. However, it will be new until the end of the season. However, Matt, we uh, at Fantastic Geek and those of you who follow the connected Marvel Cinematic Universe will, of course, have a little show on Netflix called Iron Fist that will hit all of season one will premiere on Friday um, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, we will begin bringing you podcasts of episodes that day. We already have two episodes up for you to listen to. Wait, so, r- right now, Pete, you can go and listen to episodes of the Iron Fist podcast by Fantastic Geek? You can already hear our impressions of uh, much of the pilot episode. Uh, no spoilers. However, uh, it's there. Um, and uh, as interest cranks up here, you know, the, the, the schedule is what it is. And uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of takes a step back here as they finish up filming and, and give us everything else. Uh, and Iron Fist is preparing to step to the forefront. So there's that to consider to kind of fill the, the gap between S.H.I.E.L.D. What else, Matt? Well, Pete, in addition to uh, Iron Fist, of course, rolling out, uh, Doctor Strange hits Blu-ray on uh, this next Tuesday, February 28th. You'll be able to uh, to catch a podcast rerun of our thoughts on that super fun film. And uh, Pete, it's just it's all MCU all the time, uh, at least in the uh, in the foreseeable future. Or is it? it? it Twist. It, it is. It, it is and it isn't, but hang on. Uh, just want to add that 
you know, if you want to go listen to the Doctor Strange uh, episode we recorded back in November, you can do that now. If you've got the digital copy that's been out for more than a week, uh, if you live in 2017, like a lot of people, and you have that and you don't get physical things anymore because they uh, take up space and you become a hoarder and you don't Wait, live in the, fr- in the framework. Yeah. Um, Pete, what you're describing <laughs> is a world where there are no physical things and everything is entirely digital and how that's a good thing. And you are formerly Hydra Pete. There's too much reality. Oh, there's, there's some twists coming in this podcast, Matt. Just just you be ready. Um, so you can go to fantasticgeek.com and there, along with every other Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, you can find our impressions on Doctor Strange. But, Matt, in addition to that... Wait, but, but there's more? There's more. Uh, Fantastic Geek is going on a switch hunt the night of uh, Thursday, March 2nd into the wee hours, maybe the wee you hours of uh, Friday, March 3rd, because uh, old Pete and maybe uh, Matt are going to be checking out in search of the latest uh, Nintendo device the nintendo switch uh destined to hit retailers that day and possibly to wind up in my home maybe both of ours fun times indeed and pete at that point we will be deep in uh deep in iron fist deep in the mcu that weekend is also when logan comes out which looks like nothing but perfection when it comes to uh, a comic book movie to a character that is beloved to saying goodbye to uh to hugh jackman who not only originated the role but also you know was there in the first x-men movie as, as all of this got started we must remember our, our 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 geek cred our geek source so a lot to look forward to a lot to listen to between now and when agents agents of shield uh comes back on the air so uh fantastic geek we keep it fast we keep it loose we keep it active when we catch you up on what went down the teaser mat with uh rather uh you know relaxing trippy music here which we hear one other time in the episode um, we see the, uh, real versions of, uh, Coulson, May, etc., plugged into the framework here. All the while Ada is reassuring the superior that everything's going to be all right. He says that he always imagined this would be good music to be born to, you know, not that other thing. Speaking of things, he refers to Ada, who is observing human beings endeavoring to become more like them, as a thing, which she then explains, don't worry, you're going to become many things. As she starts up her sawzaw, Matt. Holy misery, the movie, the book. Holy just high octane start you know we move from quick little close-ups the betrayal the audience betrayal i mean that in the best sense possible with uh robo colson robo may uh the superior who we've gone from feelings you, you know nothing but disdain for now uh to some sympathy he's a he's a prisoner here and then sawzalled 
presumably to death, although, of course, we know that's not quite the case. Um, super fast teaser. Get the title card before we can even catch our breath. And um, then there's the, the, the insulated, uh, difficult-to-breathe sense here of Fitzsimmons looking around, seeing LMDs everywhere. Um, it's uh, paranoia, man, and it's not... Pete, it's a... not paranoia when it's true. <laughs> well, but but who's real, who's not? And there's shades of, and given where the episode ultimately winds up, there's shades of the, the Hydra stuff, but this is on another level as far as being able to tell. Forget if somebody's playing for one team or another. Are they literally on one team and they're a human or are they not and and adding to the sense of paranoia do they run no it might call attention to each other do they separate no that could be part of the plan uh fitz reiterates that the lmds don't know that fitzsimmons knows and it's pete it's like it's like taking a quilt covering it in cold water then putting it over your head (laughs) it's difficult to take in and again I mean that only as a positive. This yes. is a par excellence, top 10 episode of the series, easy. And all the uncomfortable feels that we have in this episode, Pete, are are, are on purpose, aptly written, wonderfully directed by Jed Whedon. And uh, Pete, the only complaint I have is that there are a couple people out there claiming about all the body counts that were going to happen, but nothing really happened in that department. Yeah, right. Maybe they, they meant bodies that... Uh... We we've not definitively see die. We'll 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 come to all of that, uh, robot and other. But uh, Matt, I will see your top ten. I will give you a top three, and for um, the the Whedon brother who had never directed before to not only write this episode, in addition to the show running co show running duties with his wife Marissa Tancherone, and then to make his directorial debut for this, this was a grand slam home run of an episode. That metaphor that you use the the blanket of cold water. All the more fitting when Coulson breaks up the Fitzsimmons powwow here, uh, needing tactical details about, you know, the the submarine that the superior has. Would it be able to uh, launch, possibly harm in humans? Okay, this being the uh, fulcrum to bring all of the inhumans to the shield base. um, And uh, Director Mace joins the conversation at this point pete agents of shield is a show that does not always require uh deeply nuanced acting it's it, there are certainly times where every actor has been called upon to to give 110 percent in terms of the dramatic arts um oftentimes a very fine episode of agents of shield it has twists it has turns it has goosebumps it has shooting it has action effects etc the the ability here for for Clark Gregg and Henry Simmons and Jason O'Mara and Chloe Bennett, although asterisk, I know she's not a robot, although I think, you know, the, the, there's meant to be a whiff of that in this scene as those four actors are encircling Fitzsimmons. The ability for those actors to imbue 
a wonderful, not quite woodenness, but a little bit of a tinniness of a yeah. robot bad guy. The performance is just ever so slightly shifted. So we, the audience who get to live with these people kind of, you know, close up in, a, in our TVs, we can see that something's not right, but it's not like... I wonder where you go, Fitzsimmons. You know, it, none of it's over the top. It's 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 wonderfully performed and, and wonderfully staged here. As again, they are literally encircling the two characters who I dare say, for every Agents of Shield fa Shield fan, they love Fitzsimmons the most. Yeah, and, and I, they're in I trouble, Pete. Can't think of people who watch this show who don't like these characters and this couple. So when Simmons. Uh, points out that, wow, you know, Mace had been uh, carried back to the base and now he's up and around. Wow, that was fast. Um, and then he's saying, well, you know, maybe Agent Simmons and I need to go to the office and, and discuss some uh, some fine points here. Fitz doesn't want to break up the, the brain trust because uh, he's afraid uh, what would happen. We don't have our reveal that he is uh, not Fitz, but uh, Matt coined the term here, uh, Fritz, <laughs> a little later on. Uh, but uh, Coulson gets everybody headed off to where they need to be. Uh, he and Mace do a walk and talk where Mace tells him, yeah, you need to scan those two immediately. Um, and uh, once Daisy gets all the Inhumans to show up, uh, make sure that they're executed. So these are dastardly plans of these lmds here uh as they then hand it off to daisy who we still still suspect is an lmd indeed that confirmation there that they look and feel human and pete well they have a plan uh bottom line is though uh daisy reaches out to yo-yo uh mac is there as well yo-yo's in danger they're coming to get her and, the most uh, valuable asset Daisy tags her as, which I thought was a nice way to position in terms of who we know is floating around as in humans for that to be thrown around might have been missed by some, I think is a very important uh, piece of exposition. And uh, with that, Colson finds May. Uh, is of course still Robo May with Robo Colson. She maybe. has discovered maybe indeed, or is it C or is it D? P? <laughs> it's multiples of multiples. These aren't enterprises, Matt. <laughs> maybe may squared. I don't even know. Uh, she's discovered that she's a robot, but Robo Colson has that knowledge baked in, which I thought was a really interesting point on its own, let alone that um, it, it is critical to the conclusion of the episode. And um, her shock, really, and revulsion that he is um, an LMD here. Oh, my God, what has Radcliffe done? Um, but Coulson says here that he realizes that bodies don't matter, which can, can we acknowledge the tragic aspect here of these LMDs that – one has the desires to be with a human and the other who has died and uh, been mutilated, losing a hand, has memories of phantom pain, but now feels better than ever. Uh, how cursed, second most cursed couple here after Fitzsimmons. <laughs> 
Um, and indeed, this idea that their bodies don't matter because their world has been reproduced in the framework with less hurt. It's a chance to wipe away every greatest regret. And um, I know there have been many, many uh, references made to the uh, the Matrix in this. And I, I don't think it's cribbing nor nor yeah. stealing to just have this idea that uh, th that is introduced in the Matrix, the first Matrix movie, that if you lose those regrets, if you lose those difficulties in life, you lose what makes you human. Um, and the fact that the show is is exploring that, I think, is uh, is is a timeless notion. Yeah, not only that the regrets could be wiped away, but all of the loss that they've suffered. Coulson wants to live a, a simple civilian life, something we see him uh, living out, or at least his avatar in the uh, framework at episode's end. But uh, May asks, you know, so, so we'll be free? And he responds by saying, in the framework, we already are. Back we go to Fitz and Simmons. There's a mutual dialogue between them, figuring out how this replacement must have occurred back at the sub base. The idea that uh, for Coulson and Mac and Mace, and at this point, uh, presumably Daisy, the bodies, the robo bodies must have been ready. The brain scan happening during the lost time. Anybody could have been replaced. And just as they just as they push their cart into this uh, this basement room, the scanner shows that at least part of Fitzsimmons have been replaced to end the act. Act two begins, Matt, with Simmons seeing the screen here that an LMD has been detected in the West sector with the picture of them pushing that cart. Fitz then looks at it. Uh, he uh, theorizes that they have stuffed the base with uh, LMD detection devices that they weren't aware of. Uh, Simmons then draws down on him, uh, pointing a gun here, and the real... I mean, I say fun, but the, the drama of this episode, which of the most beloved couple is not real. Pete, listeners will know I've been a little wary of where this overall story sentiment could go in terms of circles of conspiracy. And are we are we in a copy of a copy? Is this the Enterprise holodeck, which has recreated the Enterprise, and then they're in the holodeck? on the holodeck enterprise and this sort of thing I, I think there's a limit to how patient the audience can be in terms of i don't know what's going on before you're saying i don't know what's going on on board that said we are at this point 12 minutes into the episode fitz and simmons are turning on each other i am 100 hooked in at this point doubly so as fitz notes that that these difficulties keep happening to them pete that's when i started to fundamentally worry in part because i listened to the wrong source that promised bodies stacked from the floor <laughs> to the ceiling um not most me. importantly not though not, that's <laughs> not true me. not you pete not, not you pete. uh most importantly they're both teary-eyed the emotion of this scene is unusually raw and and i i don't mean to keep tooting the horn of jed whedon um and, and certainly some episodes call for crying and drama and other episodes just call for steely delivery of science lines. But wow, the performance he is pulling out of these two, 
I am 110% invested because of the writing, because of the direction, because of these characters. And it's heartbreaking to see it go down. It's like watching a crash in slow motion. And we know one of them is going to be an LMD here. Um, the admission from Fitz that tips the uh, the anticipation towards Simmons is when he says he's addicted to technology. She says, don't make me feel bad for you. Um, and it's at this point that, uh, she gets the idea in his head. Hey, you're going to cut your wrists. If you're an Android, uh, you'll just bleed. But if, uh, I'm sorry, you'll just bleed. You'll, you'll just have the, uh, things underneath there that will know if you're not, you'll, you'll bleed. Uh, after the debate, he of course does it. Um, and, uh, she's concerned. Oh my goodness. He's, he's got a lot of blood there. That's an awful lot of blood. Did you, did you cut some kind of artery? And again, we can kind of see it happening in slow motion. He's turned around from the screen. We're just waiting for it to happen. And he turns and stabs her savagely and then hits her with a bucket and stands over the body robo style. It's on Matt. It's on. It's it is it is an emotionally exhausting scene, particularly since at the midpoint when he says where it's the effect of Gemma, you're the one with the gun pointed at me. It's like, yes, she is. Therefore, like he carries the scene. This this is a two person scene that they carry equally. He just carries it a little bit more by virtue of the story. And it's it's wonderful and sad all at the same time. Pete, from that back to the submarine base uh real fits hooked into the matrix i mean framework is now seen um radcliffe wakes up a, a rather stately beard growth there i might add he's he's been in longer and deeper than he knew uh he told he told uh ada to wake him up after 24 hours why didn't she no no she did little question there pete is that he's being pulled in so deep certainly could be true or she's already starting to uh I'll say misbehave, and I'm not saying that to be to be sexist or ageist. I'm just saying because our 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 appliances are supposed to do as we say, so it's that kind of misbehave. She aims to misbehave, Pete. Bottom line, though, um, it's confirmed they do not repeat. Do not have Daisy. They don't. Uh, we can see from the lineup of uh, characters there as the. Uh, conversation progresses kind of like, Hey, let's walk past this guy and this guy and this girl. Um, but several times it's noted in this episode and it's going to become a big issue in the next pod of episodes, how deeply you are sucked into the framework in terms of losing your grip on reality, um, and how it takes a toll physically on the body that is plugged into it uh, to the point where uh, your your conscious is going to stay there forever and not be retrievable. But um, the, the subject of her prime directives comes up and beyond the, you know, direct Star Trek link, Matt, for me, it was highly evocative of RoboCop. RoboCop, 1987, he has four directives, the last, of course, being classified. Um, but uh, she uh, cannot 
um, let any harm come to uh, Radcliffe, nor can she uh, allow anyone to harm the framework, which later sets up a paradox that needs to be resolved. Back to S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ, continuing to feel like an icy place, Pete. Uh, there's a, a, a moment where Daisy's talking with Mac. No big deal, you know, except to us all concerned that Daisy is actually still a hero and Mac has now turned robo-villain. Back downstairs in the basement we go. Gemma is strapped in for a ride in the framework. Uh, a little slight story muddiness, Pete, as to how... Eh, let me back up and say, with the framework, with this speculative technology, with it being science fiction, you are allowed to have your cake and eat it too. But the notion that the framework is so unhackable that it can't be hacked any way, anyhow, but you can wire in anywhere, anyhow. Slight story baloney. Again, you know, it's also in the land of talking robots and gods from space and things like that. So I, I don't want to take it too far, but... She's strapped in for a ride in the framework. Robo Fitz, or Fritz as he will become, explains that uh, this is what they've always talked about. It's a chance for them to secure their future. Robo Fitz wants that, wants to get married Tear, Gemma, uh, at this point, Pete, she's going to do an impression of Thor, isn't she? Uh, if you mean Thor lowering an engine and then stabbing uh her lover, yeah, then then that. Pete, do do you know how that engine got released from its chainy hold? Was a hammer, wasn't it? With a hammer, indeed, Pete. And uh, as that heavy engine or metal thing that I'm assuming is an engine fells, fits, she then picks up picks up a knife, starts to stab him, despite her being choked, Pete. It is high drama, it is violence, it is blood, it is robots, uh, it's, it, it is emotion, because this looks like the visage of the man he, uh, she loves, and, and I dare say vice versa. Um, all of this until, un, until he finally sparks out, and we get a moment to take a breath, realizing that, uh, that Gemma Simmons' doctor is okay. Yeah, it's a it's a tough scene, but satisfying to watch at once. And uh, we flip across the base to Mac, who's looking for Agent Johnson here, who they discover has headed downstairs. Uh, we in, see indeed, Pete, if I may, Mac realizing that Daisy isn't where she needs to be. Perhaps right. some some overtones there. Yeah. Uh, we see her in the containment unit there with uh, a pad device, and she finds a room full of uh, copies of herself clad in black to end the act. Act three, Mac has shown up around the bots, his fellow bots, Pete, even though they're lady bots. It is a fun scene. Pete, what would you call the room that they're in? Uh, Matt, that was uh, seen in the script as the bot box. Well, there they are in the bot box. It is slightly derivative in a fun way of the Will Smith movie, uh, iRobot, in which, of course, um, Alan Tudyk plays the robot. He would go on, Pete, to play in Rogue One, the robot, but I digress. Uh, this notion of where's the real one and where's the one that we're looking for. Pete, we see some clothing on the floor. Thank goodness 
Daisy wore those underoos today and not other color choices. Otherwise, this would be a much weaker scene, uh, you know, as she stands there in perhaps, you know, a, a blue spandex or something going, oh, right, it's me. Max searches the room here, and as he comes across the real Daisy, she drops him, gets the gun, runs out in the hallway, just happens to find a uh, laundry cart with some clothing on it uh, to grab as she runs here. She heads into another room. She turns the lights off. She's still got her iPad, and she sees what has happened to Fritz, thinking it's really... Fits. Then following the video feed, seeing uh, Mace uh, explain what has happened here to uh, the seeming fits that Simmons uh, has been replaced. She's an LMD. They need to find her and scan her. The uh, red suits, Matt, I don't call them red shirts because uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., they don't wear red shirts. But the red suit here, the the seemingly inconsequential pair of uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents um, note that, uh, well, well, wait, uh, this fits. Uh, He's he's a droid here. And Coulson brutally caps both of them, which is uh, something that uh, I was not quite expecting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, brutal indeed. One of them uh, beaten with his own gun, Pete. Um, we are not the only ones watching this, of course. It, it's kind of been a uh, been a, a bit of a frame story. Daisy's watching, too, on her own frame, her own iPad. Um, she at sees work. it At work, indeed. Uh, freaks out. And then, Pete, she sees blood spots. Where do those drippity drops uh, take her to? But uh, I don't want to say predictably. Uh, how about this, Pete? Fittingly, she finds Simmons. And there is a truly touching scene with these two actresses appearing on an emotional edge. I have to wonder how Jed was able to pull such darkness out of these ladies. Um, because they just look they look exhausted. They look... Uh, the characters are, are perfectly portrayed here. And we're back in the same predicament. Who can trust whom? Uh, who is real? Who is not? Daisy explains she just saw a truckload of herself. Uh, Simmons says there's no way to know if you are an LMD until they kill you. But uh, the scientist and the hacker action hero uh, figure out a way here. An LMD wouldn't have inhuman powers. They hug. It's an earnestly earned moment. Back we go to the sub base. Ada noting again that her two parameters are in conflict protect Radcliffe and protect the framework. He gives a great rousing speech. Uh, about how the body may die, but it can live happily in the framework. And he gives Ada his hands. And Pete, that's where people like me who who love this character, despite him being such an awful creep, are saying, "No, don't you, don't you know anything about foreshadowing?" Uh, she announces she has a solution to both problems. She slits his wrists, and and seriously, Pete, I don't mean seriously, like, oh no, otherwise he would have lived or whatever. 
it is a jarring visual moment. Yeah. Um, and then pushes him into the framework. He's shocked. He's passing out. Blood loss. The framework taking over the whole nine yards to end the act. Act four, Matt, Mace in suit. And he is explaining to the other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents why they are there. Coulson chimes in that two of their best agents, Johnson and Simmons, have been kidnapped, replaced. Meanwhile, Daisy and um, Gemma are trying to figure out a way at the framework. The signal is untraceable. Uh, Daisy explains that's why they have to get in there. Uh, Mace, meanwhile, is making orders known to the red suits that they are to shoot to the stomach, to the spine, not the head. They need that data so they can copy them and put them in the framework. Um, Coulson uh, tells them not to be distracted, to be fooled by their faces. Max sends everybody off. Daisy at this point discovers several canisters of gas at the uh, location in the uh, the, the low lit location in Shield HQ. <laughs> Basically, most of this episode uh, takes place in. Um, uh, Simmons uh, points out that uh, if she's going to use her powers without her gauntlet, she's going to risk harm uh but daisy rounds back to saving not only their colleagues but particularly fitz because she and fitz belong together matt oh uh upstairs pete four three three words never quite put together before upstairs a let's say it together smoke bomb four by four yeah i said it turns the corner it explodes pete it takes out all of what i am calling the flesh agents uh mace suggests shutting down the power of course robo mace mac elsewhere uh loses his flesh agents as well as this as this noxious toxic uh fume knocks out uh the the the, the meager everyday agents of shield Pete, that's when we get Mace lit by fire, ready for a showdown with Daisy. And this is a fight that does not quit. It doesn't quit. And it's so stylistically shot um, for an episode that is largely bottle-ish, you know, other than what we have in the framework. There's no exterior shots in this episode. The lighting here, the 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 fire and the the silhouettes playing out. Um, I got a little concerned given that twice Daisy does a slow motion uh, jump punch. That wait a second, we're we're in the framework. Um, I I can't definitively, Matt, because of the nature of this show, rule it out. Uh, however, uh, the the throwdown between the two of them is certainly worth it all of this pete is intercut with a red shirt agents or red suits as you call them waking up pete they've gotten shots in the hiney courtesy of simmons who doesn't care that they don't believe her a gun on them trying to uh, to, to get them a moving um there's a great draw uh draw out fight going on continuing of course here with mace uh, intercut with a red shirt taking out a knife. So is there going to be contention there? Uh, ultimately, 
Daisy beating Mace, then is shot once, then twice by Mac and Coulson. A nice little practical effect moment, Pete. The first time Daisy gets shot, her she is facing the camera and then goes, oh, like she's been shot and turns around the makeup already there. Nice little trick there by uh, by Jed Whedon. And again, seemed as if it might be a situation where, okay, this is how they're going to reveal. She's been in the framework the whole time. Uh, But instead, it's Mac telling her, let us uh, download you before you bleed out. So now we're on the clock. She crouches down, and we've not yet seen this from Quake, makes some kind of uh, seismic ball there. And then what follows, Matt, is uh, maybe, and the bar is high, but maybe Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. affects boss Mark Kolpak's best work yet. The disintegration of Mac's face as he goes flying was phenomenal. And I almost appreciate that the same effect was not applied to uh, to Robo Colson, just because I think... Rolson. Rolson to have to have it done twice would have made each one less sweet, less unique. Indeed. And it's just an amazing slow motion disintegration there and absolutely fantastic. Yeah, uh, it's unclear because we follow the the Mac bot going through the glass. We see uh, Robo Colson Rolson there flying, but to watch Mac's robot splinter apart because of the seismic powers was absolutely impressive matt i can't recall seeing an effect like that on tv well week in and week out there are effects uh, certainly of this caliber um back to the red shirts we go they are told to prep the plane while daisy and simmons get to the ramp who is there pete but robo may sitting on a whole lot of explosive and ready to push a little red button to end the act. Act five, Matt, we've got Daisy, and we've got Maybe here and Simmons. Uh, there's a quick discussion, and we see, Matt, something uh, we've seen increasingly out of Maybe, uh, the, this guilt, this uh, intrinsic side, knowing what she is, Um, yet not quite being, uh, shall I say, down with who she is. She lets them go. And and barely are they gone, Pete, when Coulson catches up to May. Hey, I thought you said you had them here. Um, She did what she wanted to do, Pete. No telling her, nay, most women in this episode what to do. Uh, Colson at this point sweet talks her, says they should have a glass of scotch like always. Uh, this is intercut with Daisy and Simmons getting on Zephyr One along with the the uh, the shield shirts getting ready to leave. Can May, I just though, point out the o- over this the the montage, the beautiful shot of the hangar opening? We've already established it's snowing outside in the greater Washington D.C. metropolitan area. And uh, the the snow gathered on the on the roof of the hangar, drifting in as all this going on. It just sets such a, a mournful uh, mood for the uh, the coda, really. 
Pete, would you say between the snow and the explosion that's about to happen that this is kind of essentially a song of fire and ice? Uh, I understand that reference, but I'm not going to continue it. <laughs> uh, anyhow, May says she's ready to die. She accepts that she's not real. Pete, wonderful line here. She is all phantom limbs. Poetry. Poetry out of Jed Whedon. And as Daisy and Simmons have limped aboard the Zephyr 1 here, May with the detonator in her hand, she was programmed to get the dark hold. Her desire, however, that was her. Coulson's trying to talk her down. That's good. But maybe points out, and I'm sorry to say, you're not what I wanted. Kaboom! Kaboom, just as he is getting ready to fire on her. I love that in this moment, they're able to crystallize that the audience is 100% with her, despite her uh, robot heart, despite her suicidal nature. Uh, this idea that, that you know, she sees him shooting first, not to bring that other thing into it, but the fact that, that he's getting ready to fire first, so she pushes the button, which I guess technically means she shot first, Um Wonderful shot too, as Zephyr One is just barely able to take off, kind of in this, in this, this in between space between safety and and the explosion. Whew. After all that, Pete, Yo Yo has finally joined them, and then Pete, it's kind of revealed here that with copies of everyone in play in the framework, Daisy and Simmons are in a position to take over their own copies and find the heroes that are trapped in the framework. Yes, our uh, additional red suits here uh, kind of pointing out, oh, wait, so explain things to me so I can understand them, what's going on with these avatars and everything there. Again, uh, Simmons points out that this is all hypothetical, the idea that if they are in the framework too long, that their bodies will give out. Um, Simmons points out that there is a rendezvous they will meet at, essentially a backdoor from the framework. So there is some kind of escape mechanism in place uh, because between the danger of living in there too long, dying will also mean that they die for realsies, Matt. Yo-yo. Wait, wait, Pete, uh, could you just repeat that to me again? Because I'm not clear what Simmons <laughs> is saying, that if someone were to be dead in the framework, what does that mean? Uh, basically, Matt, it is the threat of every Friday the 13th movie. Wow. So just so I'm clear, Pete, if anybody is declared dead in the framework, that means that they're going to be dead back in the in, in the real world of this story. Don't die in the dream world because that means you're dead in the real world. Ooh, got it. Please yes. continue. Yo-Yo uh, uh, worries here that their brains are going to be cooked like huevos rotos. Um, and uh, the, the promise made between these female agents that uh, they're going to do everything they can to get back. Yo-Yo um, plugs them in. And uh, boom, Matt, we're in the framework. We have a decidedly longer, different quaffed Daisy 
than we're used to seeing recently in a tub. Her phone beeps. The message here tells her to wake up her boyfriend. We're being called in. She, of course, says Lincoln, because Matt, who else could her boyfriend be? Oh no, Pete, it's not Lincoln. Ward's picture is there. Ward is back, Pete. Redeemed, possibly, but we are coming home here with Grant Ward restored to us, brought back to us, Pete. It is a great, great moment. Surprise, delight. What were you feeling, Pete? Well, a, a, a sense of uh, redemption, Matt, certainly on behalf of the character. And I, I like to think for the actor, his time on this show as a regular ended in such an unceremonious way. They killed him and Luke Mitchell's character, Lincoln, at the end of season three. And it was such a, you know, uh, gestalt response to say goodbye to both of them that his due as a regular from the beginning of the series, I, I don't think was properly given. So coming off a pair of movies that he's released uh, the past two months, here comes Brett Dalton back to the show, though he is not seen uh, in action in this episode. He is indeed back for the next pod of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when it returns in April. And and Matt, you know, pun intended here, sky's the limit in terms of how things have gone for him in this framework. He's playing the fourth different incarnation of this character in four seasons. The discussions we had about the Ward arc, I'm sure loyal listeners are, are familiar with that. A constant note throughout it was the idea, are you doing right by Brett Dalton? The notion, Pete, that the, the sins of Ward are now reset to a point where we can welcome this actor back into the, the bosom of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. family is so wonderful. And I know it was during the course of season uh, three towards its end where I was saying, Pete, there simply is nowhere left for him to go as an actor in this show. Darn it, they found a way, Pete. They turned back the clock. Welcome home, Brett Dalton. We had had a lot of supposition that the LMD arc would open up, you know, who could we bring back that suddenly we're giving a robot body? They flip the script on us, Matt, to throw a consciousness into this. Now, is it actually his consciousness or is it what these characters are projecting uh, from their world. That's one of many unanswered questions. We're going to have to wait till April to find out. But Matt, what else did we see of our other characters in the framework? A lot of attention to detail here. There is. We see teacher Colson writing on the board a statement in humans, why we fear them. Pete, our great hero is now mongering fear building walls between us pete it is it is the first of many shocks we see mac outside a a a, a middle-class house 
a small bicycle there. Pete, his daughter is back, implied without even casting a daughter at this point. We cut to Fitz getting out of a limo, almost kind of Silicon Valley chic style. A hand coming out. Fitz wearing a long coat. Who is it? Another question. It's a he, female. For it sure. is a female. Yep. Uh, we see the headstone of Gemma Simmons, born when, Pete? September 11th, 1987. And dead uh, here in November of obscured year. So is it this year in the in the uh, framework? Is it uh, in the past? And then Pete, twisting the knife, we see May back in her you know normal normal May outfit there, working. Where is it? It's the Triskelion. Pete, you eagle-eyed noted before the biggest of reveals. She has a little pin showing. It's a Hydra pin, and then we pan out to see the still existing Triskelion in the framework verse adorned Matt lovingly with the Hydra logo. The tag scene, Pete, the superior looks um, kind of rather handsome again. Um, he's also ready to choke out Ada. She says that his mind is free. And I'm saying, oh, it still is in his broken body. No, no, Pete. He is now a headless or rather bodiless creature. His head over there in a jar, sci-fi movie style. She offers him access to the Darkhold. And she needs him to be the perfect body with the human mind. So if your mind wasn't blown already, Pete, your mind has just been blown off and onto a table. Uh, she has every intent of him protecting the framework. Uh, she wants to be able to experience emotions, the last of which, Matt, joy, uh, she wants to experience. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys, Matt, and quite a few. Uh, first, a fixture, the superior. Ironic, of course, that he has now become the thing which he uh, which he hated most. Um, however, you have to feel some sympathy as this guy who has been been beaten and bloodied and broken uh, is now chopped to bits and now given given redemption, but it's redemption inside a a, a prison uh, a prison of sorts. Um, I, I end this episode feeling some sympathy for him, even though I, that's probably the wrong feeling to feel. I'm not sure it's not. I, I think we're meant to uh, feel that. Ada is clearly uh, a creation that that's run amok. And uh, where she will go now that she's resolving problems that she's, uh, you know, come across in her programming the influence of the dark hold um you know the the programming that radcliffe has created in her and to have a a human victim who has been decapitated yet his brain is still being kept alive in its skull on uh, a workbench there and uh remotely controlling his body um, we'll, we'll talk about the implications of that in our level seven segment. Next on the list, Pete Ada, probably the biggest baddie in the entire episode. Uh, her machinations have trapped our heroes. Ha she has uh, sliced up our 
well, my hero in terms of Radcliffe, um, hero in a weird way, um, certainly the, uh, the the eye of the hurricane. Yeah, I mean, to display her like this, unhinged, but at the same time on a mission, she has a clear goal. She wants to follow her programming. She wants to protect the framework. She has now done away with Radcliffe in, you know, what in a lot of episodes would be the most shocking moment in an episode loaded with as many twists and turns. It's, it's, it's but one of many. Next on the list is Fritz, who, who is perhaps the most heartbreaking villain in this episode. Somebody who not just duped his special lady friend, Pete, he duped all of us. He duped the audience. He did, and, uh, you know, it almost would have been a temptation to have uh, somebody rip his heart out because he did that to us as viewers here when he attacked Simmons. Uh, Thankfully, she's able to put him down. Somewhat perhaps lost in the sea of baddies is the the steely edge of Rolson, Robot Colson. Um, who in many ways is maybe the least or is the farthest from the, the flesh and bone original given some of the, the savagery that we see him perpetrating. Yeah. Um, particularly the scene at the end when he's, uh, moving to kill maybe even though they've established their, uh, Android, uh, simpatico, uh, despite one's complete knowledge of it and the other does not. Um, but I think the way that he moves throughout this episode, shooting Daisy, um, taking out the red suits, ultimately it's not a surprise that he would move on maybe. In a similar boat, of course, is Mac, who uh, is rather like an enforcer droid in this uh, in this episode. Quick to action, quick to overpower, and uh, quick to lose his face. Yeah, uh, the 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 robot Mac clearly the effects highlight of the night, which in a good way overshadows him as a character, because otherwise he's just other LMD who is set up to get Yo-Yo to show up at the base. From Robo Face to Robo Mace, certainly quick to heal and uh, not in the episode a ton, but certainly uh, Jason O'Mara acquitting himself wonderfully with that, uh, with that firelit scene. It's one of the better fights on a show where there's been a lot of good fights. You know, I think of the, the face your enemy uh, May on May uh, Agent 33 tete a tete where she takes her head and slams mm-hmm. it, uh, which we saw delivered to a packed house at New York Comic Con, uh, which just tore the place apart. And this fight rivals that stunt work so you know all involved there uh jason o'mara and chloe bennett they're they're stunt performers matt uh big ups last on the list is dr radcliffe and pete 
this character has brought so much fun to the screen. Is this the end for for him? I don't think it's the end. Um, there's been next to no press talking about, and and there really shouldn't be about John Hanna. And Matt, I have to believe we're going to see, though physical Radcliffe is dead, we're going to see um, framework Radcliffe uh, very much alive and well. Welcome to level seven. Time to analyze and theorize. Matt, an awful lot to uh, sink our teeth into what is effectively another midseason finale how is it that it has taken this long for the 22 episode uh network tv drama cycle to be divided into threes this is fantastic the the pod size is small enough to really get your you know kind of kind of get your head around the arc um it's also large enough to to have a lot of good uh you know motion to it good twists and turns and whatnot the notion that the show essentially has rebooted the narrative. Now, at any time, you, of course, could suspend that and come back into the real world. So, you know, whatever the final episode is of, of what I suppose is tentatively called Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of HYDRA, um, whatever that end episode is, if necessary, and I'm not suggesting anything less than the 22-episode order, but if you had wanted to make that two episodes from now or five or 10 or 20 for that matter. Um, you could stretch it out. This is just such a freeing point for the show to be particularly as we have to be a little realistic that things are not looking great for season five. So if, if in this final turn of season four, we're starting to do a greatest hits and a remix. Wow. What a great way to start that, that final turn of the season. This is the the time to do it. And we mentioned in humans uh, at the very top of the episode here, Matt, as that is cranking up, it really does start to take on the feel that this could be a victory lap. This could be the greatest hits. This could be let's come full circle and resolve everything we've done to this point and and do it in such a way i have to imagine that very soon as they're completing this pod they are going to get the news whether they're coming back or not uh matt and i off mic uh yesterday in fact uh shared an older story from january that says oh hey of course uh inhumans and agents of shield could uh exist simultaneously smart money unfortunately is on not especially with shield dropping back down um one point last week to a uh 0.6 from a 0.7 yeah it's 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 not the time to be worried about those things let me put it like that Anybody who's listening to this podcast watches this show either live or within a couple of days, or you're listening to this in the future because you found a show on Netflix or, you know, hologram chip or whatever's going on and you're listening to the podcast. So if you'll, if you're listening to this, you can't do more to keep the show going. Um, You're already doing what you can do, or you already have done what you can do. 
um, let's enjoy this ride where it is. Let's worry about the nature of network uh, finances and who's paying for inhumans and how that could be a cheaper uh, alternative than shield and so on and so on and so on. That's a discussion for another day. Let's celebrate the end of this arc and just this wacky, wonderful future that the show has for agents of shield agents of Hydra. Um, I mean, I mean, it could go in any direction, Pete. And the best part is they've built a new world that has new rules, which we are going to quickly learn about. Um, and it really is such an elegant uh, and, and nuanced twist to the show. So vis-a-vis the real world and then moving into this hypothetical upside down one that we're going to learn a lot about when the show returns. Matt, the LMDs, maybe Rolson, uh, the, the ones who were still standing that weren't torn apart uh, in the the blast of the base, which, by the way, R.I.P., uh, the former SSR Shield HQ. I think that got the uh, the 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 least amount of attention, but it's it's a smoking crater at this point. Um, are all of our LMDs gone? I think that part of the promise of calling this middle pod Agents of Shield LMD, and part of asking the audience to trust the story when you're doing all these twists and turns and reveals is you need to find rock bottom. You need to find narrative truth. And once you're there, you need to stay there. The show will be ill served to do a fantastic framework world. And we're back in the real world and, you know, back and forth. And and I'm sure that will all be clear. The show will be ill served. If a la horror movie style, um, we get to the end of this season and it's like, Oh man, that sure was rough in the framework, but at least we're all together. Yeah, let me just go tie my shoe. I'm actually still a robot. Like, we've been there with the robot reveals in the story arc about robot reveals. Now that needs to stop. That is done with. In my mind, Pete, there is one robot left. It is Ada. She's not, or I guess there's two with the superior, but all the robot players are on the field and we are not revealing anymore. How about Radcliffe? Let's go in the other direction. His physical body uh, gone. How about Mm -hmm. his consciousness in the framework? We know he had a desire to inhabit that. He talked about how through his work, he has eliminated the need for physicality. We're going to find John Hanna's Dr. Radcliffe inside this topsy-turvy not quite upside down. Pete, I quote the principle, or at least paraphrase the principle from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Roll his old on his old body on over here. It is more than and possible. And I'll dig up your daughter. <laughs> that, that, there you go. Uh, it is more than possible that in the opening minutes of the next episode, airing in April, that we will see Radcliffe's dead body, so the show makes it clear that he is dead. Until that time... Radcliffe is dying all it takes and I don't I don't mean to 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 have true medical knowledge Pete all it takes with the writer's pen is to go oh no I decided to stitch you up and put this IV in you okay then he's better 
I mean, let's not forget, Fitz had traumatic brain injury that prevented him from functioning, you know, functioning as an adult. And in eight episodes, it was cured. Um, you're allowed to do that in fiction. So I, he, in my mind, he's not dead yet. Um, I don't think that his, I don't think that his flesh and blood character makes it to the end of the season. Um, best of all is we get to have John Hanna probably through the end of the season in some way. So I'll, that Pete, I will take. Um, the slow motion used twice in the Daisy fight style or substance style that is jed whedon he's picked up a few uh camera techniques from his brother-in-law kevin tancheroan and it's just him him feeling feeling the camera feeling the art of uh the motion picture is the ssr uh turned shield base kaput matt or will we be returning to it as a location uh, if not sometime in the upcoming pod beyond that. Dear ABC, can you pay for a brand new set? No? Oh, okay. <laughs> Suppose we take a whole bunch of foam, paint it brown the color of wood, paint it black the color of blackened steel, throw it around everywhere, light a couple of fires, and go, oh man, we have to dig out. We will rebuild. Um, let's not forget that the much of the landing bay is computer generated so you throw some fire effects over that you throw a few creaky doors you show agents of suit going with a wrench and it's all fixed so i i expect that set to return easy peasy lemon squeezy our avatars within the framework matt we have uh og hairstyle daisy um has she joined shield fully uh is is she still in that hacktivist world i mean it's not quite clear what time if time even has meaning in the framework so is she inhuman yet is she inhuman at all uh th there's a lot of possibilities they could go what do you think they're going to do I think they will go from as far as normal as possible, particularly since Daisy knows this is all fake. For Daisy to be the vice admiral of Hydra Shield, and May is her boss, and it's easy for Daisy to get into the Triskelion because she goes boop boop, retina scan, and she gets access to the basement and the attic and everything else. That's not interesting. To learn, oh no, she actually does uh, basic coding for, you know, Starbucks soft and is the farthest, the farthest in the world from, uh, from the Triskelion. That is the stuff of, of, of drama. So where Ward fits in, I don't quite know, but um, I think in no way is she an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hydra. You can't float the Hydra stuff and not think of, um, Grant Ward on this show and certainly what Brett Dalton brought to that. Is he going to be Hydra Ward or are we going to see a, a, maybe a softer Ward, a, a different Ward? He doesn't have to have the same familial backstory and all the trouble there. What kind of Ward, Matt, are we getting with our framework? This is a rare opportunity for the show 
to reunite the audience to the guy we knew before it all went bad uh, because they can erase all of that. And we as the audience will accept it because it's authentic because we know he is a copy until they copy the copy into the final robot body. And uh, Brett Dalton is now a robot guy with the uh, express permission of Sokovia Accords, blah, 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 for a potential season five. Um, I guarantee you, Pete, uh, Pete, let's, I don't want to quite call myself, I don't want to call this a spoiler because I'm just supposing, but I can see the future, Pete. We will see the square-jawed hero that was the first on-screen character introduced to us back in the pilot. Mr. Reliable, Mr. Uh, Mr. Secret Agent, perhaps. I don't quite know how that would fit into him working for Hydra. Maybe he's just kind of this guy who isn't quite sure about these missions, but this is the job he does. Whatever. This is going to be the hero of heroes um, that we knew for the first half of this show way back when. It begs an interesting question, Matt. Can good and honorable people serve an insidious uh, leader or organization? Well... That's what this is about, right? No, it's not. At the end of the day. What's that? No, it's not. Pete, that's what this is about. This is about, and it took took me all day today to really kind of figure it out. And and I will will, uh, reference a, a, uh, actually, maybe I won't reference it. People, People follow us on Twitter. I didn't quite take Tancheron and Whedon at their sarcastic word. Um in their interview with uh, the entertainment weekly writer who blocked us for absolutely no reason, go do an advanced search on Twitter, asking a question. You can go back and read the tweets. They're there. Hers aren't anyway, go ahead. Um, bottom line is this. Here's what Tancheron and Whedon are asking us to consider for this final pod. Imagine you woke up and the bad guys won. Imagine you woke up and hate was being taught. Imagine you woke up and, all this power was your in the daughter's hands. bicycle is on the lawn. <laughs> There's that too. They're, what they're saying is, imagine the bad guys won. Hmm. That's that. That's the science fiction of it all. And mm-hmm. I didn't fully appreciate it as they said. No, there was absolutely no comment to the real world. No, no. They just they just flipped the script on this entire thing. And as much as I was like, let's end with the multiple realities and the layers and the this and the that. They just sci-fied this show into the now. I love it. And not just because of, you know, not for nothing. If you've been listening long enough, you probably can infer our views on some things, et cetera, et cetera. But bottom line is this. The show just did what only science fiction can do, which is lead you through this crazy series of things, Pete. We have a hot robot android just put people into a fake matrix to get us to the front page of your local newspaper speaking of uh hot maybe robot uh matt the woman who is giving her hand to be helped out of the limo uh by fitz is it ada or um agnes as we knew her in real life I here's what I hope for, Pete. I hope that they called up Adrian Palicki and said, "We know that you are under contract 
as a series regular for this TV season. We know that the standard contract calls for one guest star spot. We know that you are very busy. Can you come out and do one scene? Can we get you for an afternoon so you can be Fitz's dream, you know, hot, tall, blonde, bosomy girlfriend? Can you can you do that? Can, can you come back for that? And hopefully she doesn't say, sorry, you made a show for me that didn't get picked up. I'm angry. I would love that more than anything. This is the sandbox. These are the final seven episodes, maybe, of the series. This is the time to have fun with that stuff. This is the time where, you know, you you you, you track down Chris Evans and say, can we please get you to do a cameo, not as Captain America, but instead you're going to be whatever, Joe the Shoeshine, you're, you're, you know, Joe the Shoeshine guy or whatever it is, this is the time to pull out all the stops. Captain particularly- Hydra, man. You go, you go straight up Captain Hydra there. Yes. Okay. Whatever, whatever it is, now is the time to do it. I can, I can want the show to come back. I can know the show might not come back. And you know what? That is creatively either a very dark place or a very rich place. Let's see this show sing for the rest of this season. And the future will be what the future will be. Uh, side note, Live Plus 7 uh, stuff should make it attractive to Netflix. So get that hashtag shield to Netflix you know, ready. Is Gemma Simmons dead in the framework? Has she slipped out the rendezvous back door? Did something go wrong? Well, we're supposed to think so since they said, oh, if you're dead in the Matrix, then you're dead in real life. In we go. Send us in, Morpheus. Oh, she's dead. So clearly it's not that because they set it up as that. And be one thing if you said, yeah, you know, the actress is pregnant or what, whatever. As far as I'm concerned, she can show up for work every day. I haven't heard about any life events preventing her from 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 showing up. I haven't heard that she's upset on the show and is refusing to work or anything like that. She could just... They're, they're setting us up for a twist. They're setting us up for, you know, when once Simmons left. They're doing that again. Simmons has left us again. We just need to find out where. Lastly, May and Hydra. Matt, is she in some kind of command position? Coulson's a civilian. Mac does not seem involved with uh, Hydra Shield. Um, What's her role? Director Melinda May. Wow. Put it in the books. Wow. Let's check the wire, Matt. Pete, first up, an email. This is from Will Quinones, who says, well, first of all, I should mention, Pete, do you know what his name is on on Twitter? Not off the top of my head. He is Hydra Lives. There we go. Yes, of course I know Hydra Lives. We, We only know each other by our Hydra names. His email sent this morning, Hydra, that is all. P.S. We will get our poster boy back. There you go. Or we get our poster boy back. Yeah. So uh, a great way to start things off. Uh, An email there from Will. Yes. uh, Written into our Fantastic Geek Facebook page last week after uh, the previous episode, Carolyn Aquino writes in, still listening, but I have two comments. I disagree about the Austin Powers uh, line about the sharks with lasers. I still think it's funny, 
Bond is always a classic, and the Bond spoofing in Austin Powers is as well. Ian's performance uh, is wonderful, as usual, but I wouldn't say it's the best in the series so far. His emotion at the end of three uh, by one, uh, first episode of the third season, yelling and, and hitting monolith is probably the top. Um, and even uh, season one, episode 22, Fitz confessing his feelings to Gemma and convincing her to take the only oxygen. Wow, some good stuff there. Back to the email inbox we go, Pete. Here, an email from Bill T. That's uh, Knight BT on Twitter. He says, hey, guys, I tweeted you this question at the end of the last episode. What's up with the Gemma grave? Everyone else in the framework seems to be in their most desired situation. However, Gemma's gravestone is shown. What do you think? He says, had a great time live tweeting with you. Thanks, Bill T. Pete, I know we touched on it a bit. But, uh, Pete, what do you think is the deal with Gemma? I think this is connected to the Mabeth plot. And listen, if we get to bring back uh, Brett Dalton as Ward, we can't bring back, uh, you know, astronaut Will or or somebody like that and and find another way to sew up the, the what ifs that have happened here. We know of Hydra's obsession with Mabeth. Um, and I could think of no better way. Maybe she got pulled through and never came back. And, uh, you know, that's how they explain that she's dead. Oof, exciting stuff. Pete, what do you have? Uh, from Nick Schenkel on Facebook, who actually tagged me. He didn't even uh, do it to our page. But he wrote, uh, Shields tonight, they found a way to do the thing I never wanted to see them do and made it work question mark exclamation point question mark exclamation point wow i knew they were going i'm I'm sorry i knew where they were going as soon as she is referring to uh daisy here got the message so very well done looking forward to the final story arc of the season now Peter J. Cadillar, i can only imagine how you and matt will react to this development thankfully we have Iron Fist to get us through the spring hiatus. Yahoo. And Pete, the last email here from our pal Mary Kirk herself. Okay, one Fitz is really rich. It seems like he'll have a good relationship with his father in the hashtag Matrix work. Love it. And I wonder if the girl in the car isn't Ada. That she is fascinated with him. Great take That's there, nice. Pete. That's yeah, nice. that that maybe Ada has written herself in uh, fits. Pete, I don't want to go too Freudian here, nor do I want to go too uh, too blue. But you know, insofar as Fitz is a father of the framework, it, you know, is there some kind of you know she's she's drawn to drawn to the creator in him, et cetera, et cetera. Is she pregnant? Have they had a child? Oh snap! And by snap, I mean the other word. Did that kill Simmons? <laughs> Did Simmons take her life? Here's the bottom line. And I cannot help but see this episode through the lens of figuring that before S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back, we will know the fate of the series. We will know if it's back for more. The bottom line is this. 
the worst ending for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the series would be a cliffhanger because they didn't know and they went all in and then they got canceled. So if this is going to be a victory lap of seven episodes where you get cameos from people who have been in it and you get you get all of that, let it be that separate from the anger and disappointment of the end. And if it's not, let them live this up regardless, because this is the ultimate playground and the ultimate sandbox. So let let that be this. You want to have Fitz the dad and cast, I don't know who, the, the, the recently unemployed Patrick Stewart. You know, they didn't pick up the stars show <laughs> to be Papa Danza. Fitz. Tony Danza, anybody, anywhere, anyhow. Whatever it is, go for it. You find out that, yeah, you find out that David Duchovny is available for, for five days. Let's get him in there as, as whatever, whoever. Let's, let's, let's live this up story-wise. Could not agree more, Matt. Pete, with that, we want to, of course, thank our patrons on patreon.com slash fantasticgeek for keeping us going this pod and into Iron Fist and into pods of the future. If there is a framework, Matt, all of our patrons are there and they have made us extraordinarily happy. Pete, the best happiness, though, is being able to talk to you on Twitter. How can people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R-8915. Followers can't be wrong. And Pete, while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast anytime you want. We are Fantastic Geek. That is Fantastic with the P and the H on FantasticGeek.com, FantasticGeek at Gmail, FantasticGeek on Twitter and Instagram. But wait, Pete, there's more. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek with the PH, all one word. It's just another point of contact for you the marvel cinematic universe and the fantastic geek galaxy well with that pete we will be back on the pop culture podcast feed next week talking doctor strange and maybe a little more uh iron fist of course having its own uh podcast feed in addition to the pop culture podcast feed this uh, agents of shield feed taking a little time off until shield returns in april but, uh, of course, the good ship Fantastic Geek will continue sailing on. So uh, we look forward to, to hearing from each and every one of you as these weeks go on. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Now you know that you are real. This is Spoiler Matt. I have successfully infiltrated Fantastic Geek.